Hey, Jacob. Hi. How are you? All fine. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, good. What, what, uh, what time is it where you're at? Uh, it's 3 p.m. 3 p.m. Awesome. Yeah. And uh, wh where are you? <laughs> Germany. Germany. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. And what, you're, in, uh, you're in the U.S., right? Yeah, I'm in the, the U.S. in the Midwest, actually. So a uh, little area in Wisconsin. Um, yeah. <laughs> are, you, are you originally from Germany? Yeah. You can probably hear from my accent, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 sure. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for connecting. I was, um, man, I've been following your journey. It's pretty neat to see all the stuff that you've been building. I love it. It's great. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. What's, um, what's been some of the highlights and the lowlights in the last, uh, last few months as you've been working on things? What have you been, uh, how have things been? Only highlights, no lowlights. No light. <laughs> so I, I just try to think of anything, but really, uh, so far, there wasn't anything bad. So no regrets, nothing bad happened. Everything worked out better than I thought. <laughs> That's cool. It's, yeah, it's all, it's all highlights and probably too many highlights already <laughs> to recount them all, like um, getting a shout out on the My First Million podcast. Um, was probably the biggest thing, right? <laughs> yeah, that was pretty amazing. That was awesome. Um, you've, you've been a fan of theirs for a while now. What are, what are some of the, the ideas that you've heard on there that you find fascinating or, or things that you've you know, found from those guys that you've, like big takeaways? Yeah, in fact, my first paid product came directly from it, right? So um, uh, the Andrew Wilkinson, episode and I know that you're also a big fan of what Andrew is doing right and so you probably also listen to it right yep yeah so and he mentioned this idea of buying projects that um, the founders are no longer interested in because they are probably willing to sell it quite cheaply and if you're the kind of guy who can grow things effectively because you know the thing about to about marketing then this is a win-win so yeah, built Product Explorer based on that idea. And so it was not only a cool idea from him, but also a smart marketing strategy to use an, an idea he put out publicly, publicly because then, of course, when I tagged him, like saying, okay, this project is based on your idea, he retweeted it and this <laughs> gave it a huge, huge boost, right? Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. What's your, I mean, what's the, the thing that like your goal or, or thing that you want to kind of build towards? Do you want to do your own, um, like continue building products like this? Like what's your, what's your end game? Yeah, that's, that's a cool thing. I have no end game. So I'm, I, I have zero long-term plans. I'm just um, <laughs> taking things as they come, doing new experiments and seeing what sticks. So because I, yeah, um, it's, it's probably silly to make long-term plans if you have no idea um, at the stage where I'm currently at, right? Because I know still so little. <laughs> and, um, so it's all just play currently for me. And I have no idea um, where it will take me because, mm. yeah, this is what like this whole learning experiment I'm doing is all about. It's it's about learning so 
<laughs> I'm, I, I'm, I'm open to anything. Yeah. I, so, so I love that take actually. I think that, um, I think that's a great take on, even if you kind of have an idea of what you want to do, I think it's better to just focus on the present and, you know, am I, am I learning? Am I having fun? Am I enjoying this? Like, I think those are more important than having this master plan. I don't think that plan, I think plans are just guesses, right? Like, I don't believe that. <laughs> of course. You know yeah, what I you, mean? Yeah. You can't plan your way to success. It doesn't just doesn't work that way that you write down like a plan to do list and then you just do it and boom, so you're there. So I think, yeah, being flexible is super important. And when I started, I really had this idea that I wanted to do like software, selling software, but <laughs> so far this is not really what I did. So I spent the first month learning Rails, but I didn't use it since then. <laughs> just, really? just because, just because there was no no need for it, right? I, it, 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 it just happened spontaneously, what I did, and I saw an opportunity, did something, and that's it. And I used just the simplest possible tools. And yeah, I think it wasn't a waste of time because I, 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 I know what's possible now and have a new tool in my toolbox, right? But um, yeah, it would also be possible like that I now, just because I learned Rails that I were only looking for Rails products, like the, the hammer and you're only seeing, start seeing nails kind of thing. But um, yeah, luckily <laughs> didn't, didn't happen to me like this narrow focus, but um, I, I'm trying to stay flexible and um, that's, that's my current approach. Yeah, that's really cool. Man, that's really interesting because um, I think it's often you go into, you go into something with like a certain frame of mind or like you go into something with their, your mindset about something. And then like, like what you said, you, you, you're a hammer and you see a nail and that's like the way you're going to try to solve it. But um, I love your approach of just looking around and seeing what's the, what's the minimum effective dose, if you will, or like, what's the, what are the, what's the tool to get the job done? Not the other way around. Like, you know, I have a tool and I'm going to go use this tool. Exactly. And also like um, looking out for new trends is like, yeah, it's like playing on easy mode. So and this is like the, oh. the, the second component what I'm thinking about a lot. Um, because, for example, I just launched this new thing, which is about Substack newsletters. And because everyone currently loves newsletters and Substack in particular, it got a lot of attention, right? So <laughs> this is also like the second component in being flexible to see like opportunities and then just jump on quickly. And if I... Uh, would try to build something super complicated, then probably the opportunity would already be gone, right? <laughs> That's at least uh, my current thinking. But yeah, with that said, I um, I eventually want to move on to more sophisticated stuff because what I'm currently doing is very basic, all of it, <laughs> and I know I'm perfectly aware. And um, this has many advantages, but also disadvantages. Like, um, of course, um, it's easy to copy and what's really my competitive advantage, right? And all these, is it really sustainable? So, yeah, That's all, this is also in my mind, but currently, like in the beginning phase, I think it's perfectly okay to stay to simple stuff. 
<laughs> yeah, I think I think we overcomplicate things uh, almost all the time. So I would say your frame of of mind going into it, like learning, trying to have fun, trying to build relationships and connections. You know, you're building your Twitter audience. You're you're doing all these things right that I think a lot of people um, will overanalyze things, myself included. Like I like to overanalyze stuff. Not I don't like to. I just naturally do it. Um, and some of these ideas that you're working on, I mean, they're, they're right there, right? They're, they're things that are, when you, when you see them, you're like, oh yeah, like that makes sense. There's a trend here and you could, you could totally do that. And it totally makes sense. But I think a lot of times people are too caught up in, um, something more complex, something not as basic to your, to your point, you know, like I think people get caught up in this idea that they have to be in this massive, uh, opportunity space, like big software space. Um, and I think the goal there is if you're trying to, you know, make a full-time living from like one thing, yeah, maybe you should be looking for those opportunities, but I don't think that just by focusing on that, you will find a full-time opportunity. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think by just saying like, this is what I want and I, I have to just focus on getting to a, a complex software or not even complex, but just this like a more ambitious, uh, you know, software product. I like what you're doing by essentially putting out small bets and um, seeing how they go. And then those might turn into something else. Like I'm sure, I'm sure you've thought about things with all the products that, that you've launched where they could potentially do something else. Right. Yeah. It's funny. So I get approached by different people and they just give me ideas <laughs> all the time. It's, it's really funny at this point. So far I haven't found clearly, for any of the projects, like the clear path of what, what the next level is. So it's not clear to me currently. And just a few loose ideas. And yeah, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm still not sure, um, for example, what I will do eventually with Product Explorer, because currently it's just a bunch of Airtable databases, right? And then with GumSpy and Newsletter Spy. But um, there are different things that could could emerge from this. So just one example is um, that one user of newsletters by reached out to me and asked if I could add categories, like this is a tech newsletter. And then I wrote some code, but eventually um, just yesterday, and Substack introduced categories themselves. So <laughs> it yeah, became yeah. kind of obsolete. Um, but then um, it, it made things even easier for me because now um, I could just use their data, of course, and add it to my database, the, their labels. But um, I also then noticed that they only like labeled 5,000 of all the newsletters in there. So um, then someone um, pointed out I should use it just like as a training set and to use it then to tag all the rest. And so this is what I did. I wrote a little bit of machine learning script that uh, learns from the newsletters they labeled and now is able to label all the rest. So of mm. course my thinking now is my, maybe other people would be interested in a solution like this for more general stuff because it of course always depends on the context. My script currently works for newsletters, but you can also do it for more technical stuff and like, yeah, whatever. And maybe I will do like an experiment making it available as an API. So just one example of what I'm thinking about another small bet that could emerge from one of these projects. Yeah, that's really, that's awesome, man. That's pretty cool. 
Yeah, I think there's so many things in in building things that you find, like actually building something, you'll find other opportunities, like things that you wish would have existed, the tooling, like as you're working, you're like, oh man, like why is there not a tool, an API for this? Or why is there not, you know, uh, the ability to do this? You learn so much just by building. Um, I think that's like a, a really interesting way to do it is to try to solve your own problems, right? Try to figure out what you're building and then find opportunities. And then I think like to your point, if you're building something kind of interesting, other people will share ideas with you, which is kind of cool. Um, it's really neat. Like how people will just reach out reach out to you on Twitter and stuff like that. If you're, if you're doing something that's like, like kind of interesting, you know, to them. Yeah. It's, so. it's it probably the, the ultimate product ideas hack is just to do stuff. So <laughs> just get moving. <laughs> just get moving and build something because yeah, for every idea I built, I get like 10 new ideas where you just by building, you notice, Oh, that could be better. And why do I have to do this kind of thing myself? Why doesn't it exist as you said, right? And boom, you have like 10 new ideas. So <laughs> it's really right. cool. Yeah. Because That's when awesome. I started, I really struggled with product ideas, but now, it, this is no longer the bottleneck. So I have too many ideas and I have to decide. <laughs> <laughs> I really have to prioritize, yeah. Um, for you though, so not end game, but do you want to basically be working on, you know, a collection of, of products full time or what, what's your, what's your daytime uh, day job like look like? Learning is my day job. <laughs> oh, okay. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I, I finished my PhD and then I had to make a decision like, do I want to get a regular job like all my friends? Do I want to try get an academic position like academic career? But yeah, many, it's a long story, <laughs> but um, eventually I decided that um, both options are not for me. And instead I want to take a year and yeah, try if the whole entrepreneurship thing maybe is, a, is something that could work for me. So um, I'm really, full-time learning currently and doing this experiment. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, I think, I think the experiment's going pretty well, right? Yeah. yeah. That's great. Um, what are, what are some of the things you're excited about? Like, as you look forward to, you know, 2021, what are some of the things you're, you're really pumped about? <laughs> Funny because I, I, I really don't think about the future. So <laughs> I, I really, I really don't. So I just, yeah. Oh, right now, even, <laughs> even in the next, you know, couple of weeks. So yeah. Maybe next year is too far away, even like, <laughs> like a month away or something. Right. Like, I mean, what are, what are the things that you're working on right now that you're really, really jazzed about? Let me, let me think of the, so the thing is that I'm um, constantly doing like five experiments at once. And mm -hmm. I usually, <laughs> and and most of them are extremely stupid so i'm just i'm just i'm just playing around with different kind of stuff like all the time um so just yesterday i learned about um how to publish websites just from notion right which is um i previously thought so there are these paid tools which cost like 12 bucks a month that do this for you but it's actually super simple to do it yourself like five minutes it's it's super easy and this of course then got me going i immediately um yeah started thinking about what i could do with it and 
<laughs> as I said, probably stupid ideas, but um, I, I, I try to, how to formulate it probably just, <laughs> just a second, because okay. it, um, so the, the basic idea I'm, I've been playing around um, for quite a while is like um, something like Rotten Tomatoes, but for, um, yeah, niche products, info products, whatever, because I think this is a huge gap and no one has figured it out. And it's a huge problem. Um, yeah, that, that usually you only see like hype on Twitter, maybe about something or whatever, but that's it. And it's really hard to um, find older stuff that's cool. So it's very hype driven and yeah, it's, it's not a very effective market currently, I think. And that's a huge opportunity to build something. And what you see here is that sometimes people, of course, publish reviews or whatever on their personal websites, and it's not probably aggregated in the way. And yeah, I was just this morning thinking about um, that many people do it probably like me in Notion. So um, because you have like this friction that um, it's not standardized, people just do it on their personal websites. But if people do it in Notion, you could standardize it and then with this new technology I learned, just pull it up and into a common platform and get something like Rotten Tomatoes, but with yeah the reviews immediately there for like indie products and Gumroad products or whatever. So <laughs> completely random, but um, something I'm excited about. And I probably <laughs> could, tell, could talk about um, five other stupid ideas right now, but. <laughs> That's okay, that's cool. So that one in particular. So let's talk about that. So when you think about an idea, you have this idea you're, you're thinking about, do you just strike while the inspiration's there, you pause everything else you're working on, and you just start building it? Or how do you how do you approach that? Yeah, I, um, I think um, I'm, I'm always trying to be as flexible as possible. So in this case, I just tried if it's viable. So I um, played around with the technology, so it would work. This is, um, I know that, but um, I, at this point, I probably won't move any, any forward, uh, any, any, any step forward, because, um, yeah, I think it would be incredibly hard to pull off and the pay, payout would be very little, because, mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's, it's just a tough problem. And how do you monetize it, right? It's, yeah, it's, it's not. It's, it's, idea, it's an idea that sounds cool, but then if you think a little bit more about it, um, it's probably not that great. And um, it's just completely gut feeling that I'm currently missing some kind of puzzle piece. So I have like this huge idealist and this is where ideas like this go. And I'm, I'm the, I have this initial burst of inspiration where I'm super excited, right? And then I just play around with it, but then I, eventually put it in my idea list and let it marinate <laughs> for a while. And if it's a good idea, I will come back to it. Right. And then I can see all the stuff I already did and build up from there. But the, this is, I, yeah, this is just one example. I'm not always doing it. For example, like newsletter spy, this was just some guy, Mike Rubini put out a tweet um, about Substack data, Substack newsletter database. And I built it that day. Right. So <laughs> when the inspiration yeah. strikes and because it was so easy, this, pro this problem. Um, 
yeah so i don't have like a, a real process it's just um whatever happens happens <laughs> and yeah so it, it actually does sound like you have a little bit of a process which is you have an idea the inspiration comes like or you know in whatever format and then you take that idea and you kind of evaluate it a little bit like you, you play around with it, the idea and you see what's the effort going into it <laughs> and uh, what's the payoff and then you kind of you let it you don't let it, to your point marinate which i think is a really cool way i, I like was just tweeting about this and and uh listening to rob and and uh courtland rob from uh startups um for the rest of us and courtland from indie hackers and they were talking about like this concept of recency bias and like when you get an idea you think it's the best idea because it's the, your latest idea and he was just talking about letting it simmer and i like this idea of like marinating right like you got to let it cook you got to let it like simmer you got to let it <laughs> steep you know and and if it's a really great idea it, those are the ones you can't ignore like you just like can't get over them a little bit um but i like this other idea which is okay this idea is an okay idea it's a pretty good idea i think and it's not going to take more than you know a day or two to to work out the details and get going so i think there's a little bit of process in what you're yeah. saying it's maybe not as <laughs> deliberate but it's like you know if i had to pull out those pieces that you just talked about that's that's really like a kind of a good framework for thinking about how to pursue ideas and stuff um and it's actually kind of what like i think daniel vasallo does a really good job of is um and I, he only has a handful of products are you familiar with daniel yeah of course yeah of course yeah he's everywhere <laughs> but it's I, you know he does such a good job of this of like you know kind of leaving enough flexibility and margin in his schedule to kind of like look for opportunities to feel them out try them on almost a little bit maybe behind the scenes before he actually does anything pull his twitter audience like see what's resonating and then you know when he feels good about it he'll do something you know like the next product he launches is going to be a success because he's kind of like doing those steps in the background um that you don't you don't necessarily see but he's like he's kind of working in that in that way like evaluating bets taking bets if he thinks that there's like a a good chance of leverage and an opportunity so exactly. that's cool yeah. man that's awesome what okay so let's talk a little bit about the tech just because i'm curious what you you do you do a ton of scraping what do you like to use on that side python <laughs> it's all python, python. Okay. yeah okay so it's all custom scripted you just go out and you scrape the internet and yeah it always depends on the problem right so uh, but the cool thing about python is that there are so many different libraries and stuff that you can use that there's yeah always a solution and really? because yeah because um i mean d different websites work differently so you need different tech to get the information that's on there and they are like very basic technologies which is just requests so you just make a request and get back the html but this doesn't work for websites that require javascript right so you need something more sophisticated headless browsers and all this kind of stuff but everything exists in python so at least so far i haven't found a single site that's not scrapable <laughs> yeah python. yeah have you have you okay so have you run into any issues with like people blocking you or has there ever been any sort of like throttling there that you've noticed yeah it's it's impossible 
to um, to block scraping, I think. So of course, some websites try to do something about it, but I think the primary problem people have, of course, is like DDoS attacks. And yeah. um, if you're doing it, like not gently. So <laughs> if you're overdoing it, then it, to the point where it becomes harmful, but um, you can control how the information is collected, right? And you can do it gently and then there's no problem. So yeah, like if you're waiting like times, this. yeah, like including waiting times and all this kind of stuff, not opening, I don't know, a thousand pages at once, but doing it. Yeah, like a human would, or maybe a little bit faster, but not ridiculously in order yeah, where it could become a problem for the server. Yeah, that's cool. Do you then save it directly in Airtable or you have another database that you kind of push stuff into and then clean it up or like, what's your process there? I do it locally. Oh, nice, <laughs> I'm, really? Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm just saving like CSV files. Oh, cool. And then yeah, uploading them to Airtable? Yeah, because the problem with scraping is always that stuff can go wrong and will go wrong, right? Just mm -hmm. it's, it, yeah, it, it always happens. And of course you can... Um, write code that includes all the edge cases, but just doing it manually is much faster unless mm. you, yeah, you're doing something at a ridiculous scale. But I usually um, still have some manual element in there. Um, sometimes because it's, it's not solvable by software or just to guarantee that the quality is good enough. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. I, yeah, that's where back in the day we used to have like this SEO scraper tool. I mean, in this case, it would be put in, input your URL and we'd scrape it and kind of give you a grade for all the things that you might want to do from the SEO side. Um, and I remember, yeah, sometimes like if, the, if there was errors in the HTML or certain things like that, it would get a little bit janked up. But um, yeah, that's really, that's cool that you're just pulling it down and then you're looking at it just giving it a, a high level overview, making sure the data is correct, updating stuff. That's awesome, man. That's really cool. Yeah, then <laughs> now you've been interviewing me, but <laughs> I of course also want to hear about your story and I just had a look at your website, but so far it's just one article, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, that's, uh, yeah, that's a little bit of a, a tomb, if you will. There's not a lot going on. Um, yeah, so I really haven't been doing too much there. I've been trying in the last, I would say, last few weeks to put more of my thoughts on Twitter and stuff like that instead of on my personal site. I think one thing I was thinking about yesterday um, was putting together some articles around these ideas that I'm tweeting about, like the, kind of the categories. So the things I'm really tweeting about mostly is like SaaS, uh, finding ideas. It's everything that I'm dealing with right now. <laughs> Um, buying SaaS companies, um, looking at, you know, meeting people that could potentially partner on SaaS and stuff like that, SaaS ideas. So it's like, I was thinking about creating some articles around that and then adding to those essentially with like the tweets that I'm doing so that I'd have a spot to, to build an email list. Actually, I was listening to, I think David Perel or somebody like that, that was talking about how that's a big part of his strategy. He like, has these big pages that he continuously adds to, and then he has the ability for people to sign up. And it's like a Google Doc, you know, it's not like something fancy. Um, so yeah, I've been thinking about that a little bit and 
I've just been thinking about like what you're doing as kind of where my head was two or three months ago, which is just, you know, try some stuff out. Like, so for example, the, the, my first million one, something that I was like playing around with that I never launched was like, um, a pod script, uh, you know, transcription thing that would create an indexable library of the entire, uh, podcast. So like podcasting is amazing because there's incredible ideas in there, but you can't really find them. There's no, like you have to listen to the episodes, which just takes a ton of time. So I was going to just, and I started scraping my first million actually, or not scraping, but like transcribing all that and built like a, uh, indexable database and I had it working and it's all like, you know, in AWS, I just never launched it. It was just one of those things where I was like, Oh, this would be cool to have for myself. <laughs> you know, in a little play that like I could search in here for like wherever they say ideas and stuff, or, you know, they kind of get into that. And it was a fun way to test out AWS's transcription services and stuff like that. But um, I, I never pulled the trigger on that. And to your point, like, I think I probably should have, right? Like I probably should just finish that. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> finish, you know, finish that project, like throw it up there. But for me, there was like this hesitancy of like, I started thinking about the other part, which is, well, how do I monetize this? How do I, you know, like it's going to cost money, whatever. And it's like, I got caught up on those pieces instead of just like launching and seeing what happened. Um, I don't know if that ever happens to you. It sounds oh. like you've not. <laughs> no, it happens all the time. So I'm still super hesitant to, 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 to launch anything. It's horrible. <laughs> and um, it's, it slowly starts to get a bit better because I'm doing it so regularly now. But even the last thing I did, um, which was this super basic Twitter thing I built, and I built it like just what you described, just for myself, and used it for a while, and then had the idea, okay, others might use it too. But I was really hesitant because I thought, this is too simple. People will mock me, they will say, yeah, that's silly, whatever. But then, yeah, I pulled the trigger, <laughs> forced myself to, to put it out there, and yeah, was completely blown away by the response. It's it, by far um, my most successful uh, product in terms of marketing. I got so many new followers, newsletter subscribers, so many people reach out to me, um, write about it in newsletters. It's really crazy. And I'm so glad that I did, but um, you never know that in advance. So it's only possible if you actually pull the trigger. <laughs> put your stuff out there even yeah when you're building it you're thinking this is the best thing ever but then yeah it, the enthusiasm vanishes and doubts start to creep in right and <laughs> i at least it, this is the case for me um right before the launch i'm always like mm -hmm, maybe i shouldn't <laughs> maybe that's 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 not good enough but on the other hand, I have nothing to lose, right? That's the cool thing. <laughs> I think that's, that's, you said it perfectly, which is you have nothing to lose. There's what, well, I mean, really the only thing at stake is a little bit of your ego. If it doesn't go um, as big as you'd like it to, or something like that, if you have like bigger expectations for it. So I think part of it is, is just coming into it with like uh, light expectations and not, not overthinking that um, you can't predict how this is going to go. Like to your point about your, your, the tweet prompter, it's like, you didn't know that that would be so well received. Um, you had an inkling, like you had an idea because you, you found it useful for yourself, but it wasn't something that you were 
putting yourself into like your identity into so much, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> Oh, this is a thing I built. This isn't who I am. It's just a thing. And so I think that's like really cool. Like to have that perspective. Sometimes I get bummed if I put a lot of thought into like a tweet or like a, or an article or something I'm working on. I, I get bummed if like, I don't get that response, but then I have to like step back and say like, what am I like trying to accomplish here? I'm trying to learn. I'm trying to share what I know to the best of my ability. I'm trying to do my best. And those are the things that you can control. Those are the things you should like care about, right? Like not whatever, not how everybody else is going to receive it or what, not how everybody else thinks like those, that's like a bonus if people like it and like can enjoy it. Um, and I think you should try, I think you should actually try to build things that people like, right? Like it's not, you should go into it with the intention of like, I hope that this is something good. Like, I hope people enjoy it and like it. And I feel like it could be, but not to like stress about it. If, um, if it doesn't hit or if, um, you know, just like, just not like care so much about that to let that like prevent you from launching. So to your point, I should probably just finish this guy out this week, get him out there, see right. what happens. <laughs> I mean, even I was thinking about it, like I'll probably just do the, like a catalog of my first million just that and I'm not yep. even gonna have it be a service I'll just be like hey I did this for myself I built like I wanted to be able to search it <laughs> um, and so here's a searchable way to search like my first million um, here's the tech I used if you, you know whatever um, so that's what I think I'll do and I'm not even gonna go further than that it'll just be that it'll you know <laughs> yeah right it's it's like like a site site project marketing whatever and yeah um, see it see it this way and yeah, I really love what you said, because this is also what I'm always trying to do, like focus on the stuff you actually can control and you can't control the outcomes. So I, for my learning experiment, I, I have zero um, like monetary goals, for example. Like people did zero, um, similar experiments in the past and they made like, I want to achieve 1K MRR, 10K MRR, whatever. I want to earn a million dollars. And it's kind of silly because you can't control that. So <laughs> it's, it's um, all the goals I wrote down are like um, stuff I can control, launch a new product each month, write a tweet every day, these kind of things, because yeah, I have full control over that. So I want to pull on that thread a little bit more because I think that's such an important thing. Like I, I get lost in the other, in the outcome side. I often like start thinking too much about outcome and that's usually when I get frustrated, burnt out, like a um, little jaded, like, and all those types of things that go along with um, focusing on things you can't control. So I love what you just said. So is your goal to do a product a month? Is that kind of, are you kind of doing like, not like technically a 12 and 12, but is that kind of how you're doing it? It's like, I want to be able to do a product a month, you, you know, like. Yeah, it's um, like the 12 in 12 challenge is a subset of what I'm doing. <laughs> so I'm That's doing, cool. I'm, I'm trying to do a little bit more. Like I'm also want to read certain books and um, write blog posts and do a podcast, Twitter. Yeah, like I have other components in my, my learning experiments, but uh, product is also part of it each month. I love, I love the way you're approaching that. I honestly wish that this was something that I was... Uh, I was thinking more, more like when I first uh, sold my company in January, because, um, well, so I sold the company in January and there were a couple months in there where it was like, it was decompressing. 
and then we bought a house and I was doing all this work on the house. And then um, I would say like later half of the year was exploring ideas and starting to kind of play around a little bit. And I had a, a couple false starts and just like a couple things that I didn't feel super great about and I just pumped the brakes on. But I love this idea, like what you said, which is um, to treat it not under monetary goals, like treat it like an experiment, like a learning thing. Um, I think that, so do you ever feel like the pressure to, on the revenue side, do you ever feel pressure there or is it like, no? <laughs> it's zero. So I, I, and it's really funny because I know that there are so many people um, in these communities, indie hackers, whatever, whatever, that are struggling to make, I don't know, the first bucks, first 100 bucks, first thousand bucks, making a thousand bucks each month. And I simply don't care at all and achieve these goals accidentally, right? And repeatedly, it's, it's totally crazy. But um, honestly, I still don't care. So if I, if I lost, lose it, if like all the revenue dries up or my projects get killed for some reason, I, I, I really don't care. So it's because this is not um, what I really care about because, so the point is um, why I'm so relaxed about these kind of things is maybe uh, a tangent, but I already got like different acquisition offers for my little, for my little projects. And I was always happy to say no, because um, it would be good money, but um, not life-changing money. So I don't care about, I don't know, if UK, it's just, I don't know. I'm not rich, so this is not the point I'm trying to make. The point I'm trying to make is, um, yeah, that I, I can either continue playing with these little things that I built or sell it, but the money I'm getting is not that relevant for me because it's not life-changing. It doesn't, it doesn't change anything in my life right now. So, of course, if someone would make a silly offer, I would, of course, accept it. But like a reasonable offer is just, okay, yeah. <laughs> and there are so many um, hidden benefits of having products um, that are usually not priced in because you, you know that better than me how uh, products are priced, like on the revenue numbers. But um, so many, um, I made so many connections through the pro pro uh, projects and continue to do that. And it's hard to put a number on that, right? So <laughs> this is why even, even if in terms of um, how you usually price products, it would make sense. Um, it doesn't make sense for me. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Let me ask. Okay. So uh, do you think that the way you think about things is unique to you? Or do you think that this is like a cultural thing at all? Like, so when I think about, I don't know anything about Germany. <laughs> I, took, I took a German class in like high school or whatever. I don't know anything about Germany. But like when I look at the US, it's all driven off like money, status, uh, fame, right? Like, so like everything, I feel like everything you see, it's just about like sharing the revenue numbers. It's about sharing like the, the follower counts and all this stuff. And I'm not saying that like I haven't even played into those games. I'm just thinking like for you, when you think about revenue being a pretty low part of that game for you, or low part of like your value system do you think that's unique to you or do you think that's like a part of the culture or how you're raised like why do you think that way yeah it's funny no <laughs> I've, I've never thought about it but um 
two things immediately come to my mind. Um, the first is that people here in Germany don't talk about money at all. So it's really a cultural thing. So not even with your close friends, you talk about how much money they make. It's some, it simply doesn't happen. It's, not, it's, it's nothing you do. And the second thing is probably that my parents never cared about money in the sense that they are both um, civil servants is the correct term, I think. They were like employed by the state. So yeah, they always had like the, um, the salary coming in without having to worry about it. So my parents aren't rich, but um, it was always safe. It was always secure that they get their money. They always knew how much money is coming in. So this was never a topic at home. So yeah, it was just. <laughs> and for you personally, I mean, so you're learning, you're, you know, doctorate, you're working on that, but like, how are you able to sustain your income without like having the side projects be able to, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, uh, so two, two, two things. Um, I saved a little bit, um, not much money from my previous job, which was being a researcher during my PhD. And I'm living very frugally, so I don't spend a lot of money. And I this is that. probably the, yeah, the, the biggest advantage um, because that, it, it makes everything so easy. That's the, isn't that the, uh, the interesting hidden advantage of, uh, of trying to, to not make money the thing is to not make, not need money to be the thing. <laughs> it's like, yeah, oh, absolutely. You know, if you could just like, if you can keep your living costs low, it, it opens up so much, uh, in your terms, flexibility, right? It gives you so much flexibility. To, yeah. To, and, yeah. And it's really funny because, um, like if you gave me, 10 million bucks or whatever, nothing would change for me, literally. So I, because I, I, I have no idea what I would buy because I really have anything I need. Sounds, sounds, sounds cheesy, but it's really true. So because I, I, can, I can buy anything I really want. So if I want a new iPhone, I can buy it. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's not, yep. um, and I just don't care about like this, super expensive stuff that I can't buy because there are of course things I can't buy, but I don't care about them at all. And like, even if I want to go to a Michelin star restaurant, I can do it, right? It's, 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 everyone can do it. It's not that expensive. Of course you can't do it every day, but I don't want to do it every, every day. So <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Which speaking of the Michelin star, so I, I just found out on Twitter that the Michelin star thing, the rating system is fr like the tire company <laughs> yeah. actually is the thing that like cracked me up so good. Like, I was like, no way, man, that's, that's, that's insane. That's hilarious. Um, I, so I love this man. And I, it, I wouldn't say it's culturally then because I don't think that in the U S that we talk about money, like, openly with each other. I mean, I think you'll see that on Twitter more or people who are building in public and trying to say like, I'm an open startup, open revenue. That's a little bit maybe culturally, but I don't, I don't even know if it is because, you know, people like Peter Levels is, has done that from across the world. And so I don't know if that's as much of a cultural thing. I think what you shared about your family sounds like, um, sounds more aligned with kind of like the values that you've adopted. And I would say the same thing for me always had food on the table, grew up in, uh, you know, kind of a, I wouldn't say poor, but like not rich middle class, uh, lower end of the middle class family. And we always made do, 
my parents always found happiness in other areas, not, not financial means or, you know, material things or stuff like that. So my dad was always kind of like, you know, John, if you, you got to find something you enjoy working on because you're going to spend most of your day doing it. Um, it's just not worth it. He, he passed on uh, multiple promotions because he knew that by taking these promotions, it would change his job. It would change his day to day. It would change his responsibility. And he didn't like the trade off. And sometimes like when I was a kid, I'd kind of resent him for that a little bit, you know, cause I didn't have like the cool new Nikes or I didn't have like the starter jacket or this or that, that like some of the other kids did. But now as I'm older, I see that and I'm like, man, I want to be more like how my dad was, you know, like just not, not caring about some of those things that don't really matter, that don't really like increase your overall happiness. You're just playing a status game. Um, and so as I've gotten older, I really am trying to, you know, focus back on those values that were instilled in me at a young age, even though like I've kind of veered away from them and like, been like, oh no, I just need this to be 10K MRR or whatever, whatever the number is, it's just a number. It doesn't even really matter, right? Like <laughs> it's just a number that, that you, you're throwing out there into the world that doesn't, you can't control and, and doesn't really, doesn't really matter at all. It's weird. So I love the way you think, man. It reminds me a little bit of how, um, and I've been tweeting a little bit about this too, but about how Jason Freed comes across. And so Jason's always just like his whole, his whole shtick and not even a shtick. It's just like how he is. I feel like if I met him and talked to him right now like this, he would just be the exact same way, which is, yeah, man, we, I just don't care. I don't care about this. I don't care about that. Like I'm going to do things that I want to do that make me happy that you know that are are good for our customers or good for the team like i don't i don't care you guys can do all those other like weird things and focus on you know scammy marketing or whatever things that he doesn't like to do um i just love the way he thinks about things because it's so different from what you see when you, you know like you're following all these people who are thought leaders in startups or um you know, that, those types of things like growth tactics and all these kinds of things that like I find interesting because I see them. And I'm like, oh, that works. So maybe I should try that. And he just doesn't fall for that crap. He's just like, nah, like whatever. <laughs> I didn't do what I want to do. You know what I mean? It's crazy. Yeah. It's really cool. Having the freedom and ability to just do the own thing. And it's super, super rare because, you know, you probably know that notion like mimetic forces like yeah, we are all pulled towards what everyone else is doing. And it's really tough to do something different. So if all your friends play soccer, it's really hard to do something different, right? So I don't know good strategies how to fight, fight against that. But um, yeah, it's, 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 it's too rare. It's really hard to find people um, that are not like anyone else. So <laughs> probably a self-fulfilling prophecy, but um, still. <laughs> what are some of your inputs? What are some of the things that you, I see a big book collection there, but like what are some of the things and people that you take in on a regular basis that kind of help shape how you think about things? Like um, whether it's people you follow on Twitter, whether it's books you're reading, um, whether it's audio you're listening to, like what, who are some of the people in your mind that like kind of shape um, and reinforce this thinking of like, that you have, you know? Good question. <laughs> um, 
I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I really, I really don't know um, because I, I consume content so randomly and <clears throat> I consume so much, but I'm really picky. I start lots of stuff, but quit immediately. If I don't buy it in the first five minutes, I start like hundreds of books, but I only read five or so <laughs> maybe. And yeah, I mean, there are lots of books that I love, but um, for example, in podcasts and, but there's nothing where that sticks out where I would say, okay, this now fits perfectly in here. Right. So I, it's really a question I have to think more about. No, it's okay, man. You don't have to think too much about it. It's just, I'm always curious about the inputs, you know, cause those are things that you can emulate and you can't, you can't, uh, you can't get the outputs right of, of somebody else. You can't figure that out, but you can take, uh, get lessons about what inputs they're, they're taking in, what their strategies are at, like what their days are like. Um, and I, I, yeah, I'm just fascinated by, by your story, by just like what you're building, how you're thinking about stuff. I, I, I just find this really cool because it's unique. It's a little bit different than what I'm used to. To me, it reminds me of what Daniel Vassallo has done. It reminds me of what um, just some of the people that I really respect on Twitter have done. And um, so it's cool. It's, it, it's fun to watch. It's fun to, you know, just to connect and get a chance to know you a little bit. It's neat. And um, I'm really interested what um, like your plans and maybe product ideas are really because um, I saw that on your Twitter profile, on your website, you really have like looking for your next venture, right? So this is your mm -hmm. thing currently. And have you made any progress or are you really just, yeah, looking around without a clear plan? Yeah, so I, I um, like I said, I had a couple of false starts. So I started looking at, um, I was gonna do, started like this podcast, the Indie Creators Podcast. Um, I didn't feel super comfortable in that format right away. And I wasn't entirely sure how I was going to differentiate from indie hackers. And so I kind of paused that one. Then I did this um, thing called member list, which I just totally paused on too, it, which was like a Substack alternative, which when I saw your, you know, the, the Substack product that you put out, I was like, oh, that'd be perfect to actually do outreach if I actually wanted to get people to switch over. So that was cool, but um, I paused that one too because the space was just heating up. I saw ConvertKit come out with their own, you know, uh, newsletter subscription product, um, and I saw a couple other products that came, like popped up in the same month, like literally the exact same month that I was working on this. So I put a pause on that, and all I'd done was put a landing page out there and started talking with people in like groups, um, and then Kevin Conti from Software Ideas. Um, he shared it because it was one of the ideas he talked about in his newsletter. Um, and it felt more like I was like, I had to be building in public. Like I, I felt like more obligated to it, but then I was like, Oh, I I'm not obligated to this. I'll just pause it. So I paused it. Um, and then I started looking at, I've been chatting with my friend about um, video hosting. And so we looked, I started going down that ra rabbit hole of like, what are all the options out there? for uh, developers building with video, what are some of the issues and, and stuff like that. So we're currently exploring that with one team, which is the idea is around, um, you have like developer tools for video, which would be like Mux, 
And then you have um, really consumer facing tools for video like Vimeo It's probably the, the most popular one. The second one would be Wistia. You have very little in between. And so Mux gives you these great primitives to work with and like um, they offer like really flexible pricing. Um, but like the tooling is just so primitive. It's like Stripe. It's like somebody just saying like, here, go build whatever you want to build, like customize it to the nth degree. So we were looking at like inserting ourselves in the middle, giving somebody like a really awesome customizable player um, and then building all the tools around it and like seeing if that would resonate. So that's uh, something that we're looking at right now. Um, and then this other team that I'm working with uh, and experimenting with is around like podcast recording. So being able to say, you know, open up a, a browser and do podcast re recording. And that, that would really just be an alternative to some of the tools that already exist today being, um, you know, there's Zencaster, there's Squadcast, there's Riverside FM, but that's more just like, it's in a market that is growing in a space that's growing and just trying to be an alternative that has a different take on it. Um, so those are the two that I'm kind of exploring in tandem, like, uh, and yeah, but I have all these other tiny ideas like this, you know, the pod script one that's like, very tight scope and i'm like ah, i, I want to just like see what happens with this instead of these other ones are bigger bets like you can't just build like a competitor to wistia without doing some heavy lifting <laughs> like you gotta like find you gotta find some some things in there and then the same thing with the uh, riverside fm you know squad casting it's like you can't just you know hack that out in a day it's a little more of a of a bigger bet it's a medium-sized bet you know the mvp is and so, which is good and bad. I think like part of me, I like to have this balance of projects that are a little long-term and other ones that are more like, oh, this is just fun. I want to learn something. I want to use this to meet people like, you know, like you, or I want to use this to meet like that. That's how I saw the podcast. It's something to meet people. Um, and the goal is nothing with making money at all. So I don't know. That's kind of where I'm at today is I'm always exploring and I'm always like, uh, like I'd love to spin up little apps and stuff like that. But then the negative Nancy, you know, part of my head is always just like, well, that's just something you're going to have to maintain. That's something you're going to have to, you know, keep, keep up to date. You're going to, that's going to take up brain space. And if these two other ones have like way more opportunity and you're interested in them, why won't you just focus on those instead? You know? And so I think I'm constantly wrestling with, like choosing, like, ah, like, you know, I, I want to work on this, but then a part of me is like, maybe I just want to spend a couple of days and just hack this thing out. Um, and it's a little bit trickier when you're working with a team because you do feel um, you have more responsibility to them and like more accountability to them about like um, what their goals are, what their hopes are. And I feel like we're all in a lot, like super aligned, like the, the teams are awesome and it's been super fun working with them. Uh, um, but it's it's also not easy like it just makes it it makes it more challenging to get everybody on the same page about like you know like i understand why products fail like even if they have like lots of money because just getting people on the same page and like getting moving in the same direction like the more people you add to that uh that structure the harder it becomes it's like so hard to get clear about what you're doing where you're going what the product is I mean, there's so many things that you need to figure out. And if you're doing that with multiple people, like you, you have to communicate it. And that just takes so much time. So 
I don't know, I'm rambling, but that's kind of where I'm at today is just somewhere uh, in between like these, these two bigger things. And then also trying to find ways to hack just for fun and, and stay sharp on the development side. Right. Yeah. It's, it's funny. So I just started to notice this because I have exactly one project project I'm working on with um, another guy. So I'm not alone. Everything else I'm just doing alone. And I already experienced what you described. So it's, it's fun, but it makes things more complicated because you can't just do stuff because you, you always have to make sure that everyone, <laughs> even if it's just one other person, um, is still on board and agrees and it, it adds, adds friction. And I think, yeah, it, it, it scales exponentially, right? The, the amount of friction you get by adding new people, it's, it's, it's crazy. And so the two ideas you mentioned, they, they sound really tough, <laughs> to be honest, yeah. to pull off. So because um, I know that lots of people have tried to do something in that direction. And I think you need a really, I don't know, smart idea, but at least smart positioning. Because, you know, um, one way to compete is, for example, like what people do with privacy focus. So, of course, yep. you can compete with Google if you do something that Google does, but privacy focus, like what um, ProtonMail is doing for email or what all the people are doing for analytics. So, and I'm, I'm not sure, um, for example, what it could be for the video hosting because just this week, I think I got two emails from guys who built something like that, like video really? hosting. Yeah, <laughs> for, no some, for, for, for some reason, I can, I can send it to you. Um, later, sure. like the like the links, yeah, because we have this this deal email project that we started, where we include um, just cool deals on early stage products, the indie drops, um, it's called, and this is why people reach out and just hey, I just built this, and it's really fun to see what people are building, and it's <laughs> just two projects, so but nothing in the in terms of podcast recording so far. <laughs> I, I, so I, that's where I'm really having a, a hard time with, honestly, is like the positioning side of it. Like, so, I mean, to me, like, so the team on that side and like engineering engineers, super smart guys and um, have worked with a number of video um, hosts before and like trying to implement video into apps before I haven't done it myself personally. Um, but the pain that they've felt around it seems to be, seems to be there, or like around some of the things it's, it's hard because yeah, how do you position it for us? We're looking at like, if we position it as a tool that helps you build with video for developers, like kind of developers and no coders, like integrating really well with, um, other solutions to add, add video into your apps easily without having to do all the primitive stuff or relying on a service like, you know, Vimeo being somewhere in between that's the, the position but i i agree i think it's like i don't think it's the best positioning and i'm still trying to figure out like is there something here and how do we avoid building a mat like a big project or a big product and, and thing without figuring out if this is really going to you know work and so i've been trying to really uh, keep the scope of it small enough that it doesn't end up being just something that we feel like, oh, we just feel so good about this and we're gonna launch it. And then like, you know, it's crickets. We don't get a single, you know, sign up. So I'm trying to just build it in a way that it's like, all right, we don't, we haven't invested too much in this thing. Worst case scenario, 
you know, we get to use this thing for ourselves and build our own platforms off of this because it is going to be easier for us to build those platforms. Like one of the guys, he, he does go rails. His name's Chris Oliver. And so his whole platform is video and, and it started around conversations about using Wistia and the expensive, like how expensive it is and how difficult it was for him to integrate even as a developer. And so that's kind of how that thing all started, but that's like one use case, right? It's like Chris, you know, building a platform. Uh, there aren't many platforms like it, like his side. <laughs> yeah. Like how many are those and, and, or how many of those are, are there and, Like how many people are really struggling with this? Did they just figure out, you know, like, was it really that big of a struggle? So those are the questions where I don't feel super confident about yet. And I think that um, I just have, we just have to be careful about the bet we take, right? Yeah. Like we're not investing our lives in this thing. We're not going to quit our jobs for this thing. You know, like yeah. we're going to, we're going to see how this feels. We're going to see how like it works for us. Um, and try to make it as, as small of a bet as we can, even though it's not a small bet, like it's, <laughs> it, it requires a decent amount of lifting. Yeah. Before it but, becomes useful. Right, before it becomes useful. So you have I, to like go so, so, like so far for it to be useful, but like not far enough that like, oh my gosh, I just invested a year of, in the, into this thing, you know? Yeah, sorry, but I have to cut you off. Like I have to run. I have another, okay. I have another call right now. So, All right. Um, but I really enjoyed that. And um, if you, if you have to, we can like continue another date, whatever, chat again. Yeah. Would love let's, to. Let, let's do it. Hey, if you, um, if you could, could you just send me the recording of this so I can listen yeah. to it? Like I might even like share pieces if you don't mind. Like, yeah, sure. Do it. Like whatever, you know, just share the, um, the whole thing in a folder on drive or something and i'll yeah I'd, i'd love to just listen back awesome i will awesome thanks so much it's great meeting you jacob see ya bye 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 bye